hear the gospel that comes to us today from the 8th chapter of John, beginning at verse 31. Glory to you, O Lord. To the Jews who had believed, Jesus said, If you hold to my word, you are really my disciples. And then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And they answered him, We are Abraham's descendants, and we have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free? And Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. The Gospel of our Lord. I invite you to pray with me the Holy Spirit prayer as we prepare our time together for as we share in some meditation this morning, let us pray. Come, Holy Spirit, and fill the hearts of your faithful, and kindle in us the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, and we shall be created, and you shall renew the face of the earth. God, who by the light of the Holy Spirit, who instructs the hearts of the faithful, grant that by that same Holy Spirit, we may be made truly wise and ever rejoice in his consolations. This we pray through Christ our Lord. Amen. Jesus speaks to us today and he says, if you continue in my word, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. I don't know if we really truly understand what that means. I think it's something that we struggle with probably all of our lives trying to understand what this really means and I'm not sure if I'm going to help in that explanation today, but Maybe something might come out of what I have to say today that offers some clarity on what that means to make you free. On this weekend of the 504th anniversary of the Reformation movement, we are reminded of that journey of faith and that pilgrimage that Martin Luther had with God and with the life of the church as he knew it at that time. I should have the confirmation students coming up here because we're studying Luther right now and they can probably give you a little bit of a primer of their understanding of Luther, but I won't put them on the spot. But for those of us who have spent some time learning and studying about Luther, we know that for him, this pilgrimage and this journey of faith, it was a very turbulent and uneasy journey as he tried and as he struggled to reconcile the traditions and the practices of the mother church that he had been a part of and that he was a part of. And yet he tried to reconcile that with the word of God that spoke a different message and spoke a different truth to him. And through his immersion in the Gospels, and especially in, his, in the letters of Paul, that truth about that freedom of living in the righteousness of God through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, it became very apparent and it became very clear to him. He came to realize that his being in a right relationship with God it was not dependent upon his good works or his attempts at righteous living. Rather, his righteousness, his being made right with God, was solely 
because of what God had already done for him through the redemptive work and saving work of Jesus. Simply put, it was and it is Christ's redemptive mercy that set him free. And it's that same divine mercy of Christ that sets you and I free to live in that embrace of God's grace every day. And oh, do we need it. Ask my wife. She'll tell you, I really need it. Yeah, I screw up so many times, it's ridiculous. Last night was another one of those examples. My daughter sent a text saying she got 100 on her most recent term paper, and I texted back, they don't grade tough enough. Real supportive dad, huh? And of course, you know, Kim made sure that I heard about that because she was a part of the exchange. And uh, I was kind of put in my place last night. And I don't know, maybe, maybe there's enough love. Maybe there's enough love between my daughter and myself that she'll still forgive me for being a jerk. (laughs) Yeah. Jesus says, continue in my word and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. I like what Reverend Kent Knudsen, he's the former bishop of the ALC. He actually lived a relatively short life. His life was drawn, cut short, uh, died in 1973. He had done a mission trip, had done kind of one of those emissary trips as bishop over to Africa, and he picked up some strange bug over in Africa, and it killed him. But he made some very impactful uh, statements, and he was an important leader in the church during that time. And his life was cut short. But he says this. He says, the words of Scripture these words that Jesus is talking to us about today. He says, the words of Scripture, they are empowered by God's own power. Have you thought about that recently? That this word of God, it is empowered by God's own power. Something for us to think about. And then he goes on, he says, it has an authority. It has an authority that invites involvement which wants us to become so immersed that his gift of grace reaches out and grasps us. Imagine that, if you will. That this word of God that is empowered by God's own power, it has that authority to invite us and it invites us to be so immersed that the gift of grace reaches out and grasps us and pulls us in. One of the phrases that I oftentimes speak when I'm praying with people is this simple image, Lord, envelop us with your grace. It's another way of saying, let your gift of grace reach out and grasp us. Help us to sense that grasp of your grace. Let your gift of grace reach out and hug us. Have you thought about that at all? 
That when God's grace reaches out to you and pulls you in, he's embracing you, he's hugging you. And that's something you, you are never going to escape from. Even though you have that freedom of the gospel, that freedom of the gospel continues to hold you and hug you in that embrace that will never, ever be released. I wonder if this might have been one of the ways in, to describe the experience that Martin Luther had as he immersed himself in the word. Did he become so immersed, did Martin Luther become so immersed in the power of God's word that that gift of grace reached out and grasped him? I really believe that's what happened. And it revealed the truth about the love of God in Jesus that set Martin Luther free. And Luther came to a realization and an understanding of God's love that inspired him to trust in that very love of God that he had come to understand. And he came to realize that God's love alone, God's love alone and God's grace alone in the person of Jesus Christ is what creates faith. And it was a truth that overwhelmed him and inspired him that he simply could not keep it quiet. And thus we have this day that we commemorate where Martin Luther took these statements that he had put together from his study of Scripture and he came up to that Wittenberg church Wittenberg door and he nailed those statements on that door and the commotion took root. And of course we know that history reveals to us that the church that Luther was a part of at that time they didn't want anything to do with these truths and this possibility of reform within the life of the church. And that's all that Luther really was asking for. All he was asking for was to have the church consider some reforms from these understandings and these teachings that he had come to know and to understand about Scripture and about the love of God. That was all Luther ever wanted. He never wanted to leave the Roman Catholic Church. He simply wanted the church to consider these reformed thoughts about Scripture. And he invited the church into this conversation and this debate. But ultimately, as we know history, ultimately the authorities and the representatives of the church, they forced Luther to either recant from his convictions or to face excommunication from the church. And we know that as Martin Luther stood at that, where was it, Maddie? The Diet of Worms. We talked about that in Confirmation. As Luther stood at the Diet of Worms and stood before all of these church authorities and said, I cannot and I will not recant. And thus he was excommunicated from the church and he was declared an outlaw. Now we know that uh, there was this dude, his name's Frederick, Frederick the Great, or whatever his name was. He was some influential uh, regional lord, however those things were set up back in the day. He had, a little bit of a, he had a little bit of a soft spot for Luther. And so as Luther was on his way back to his home, after he had this momentous time, they staged a fake kidnapping. And they pulled Luther off the road and they threw him in a wagon and they took him off to a place called Wartburg Castle. And one of the eventual benefits of this movement 
is that Luther, while he was in exile at the Wartburg Castle, he took it upon himself to translate the Bible into the native language of the people. And that native language was, confirmation students? German. All right, my confirmation students are listening. Yes, Martin Luther was so inspired by this new revelation that he had made about God's love that it was something that he felt every person, every person needed to have access to that word that had the ability to read and to hear. Because the church had manipulated people and controlled people for so long by simply only having church in the language of Latin that people never really truly understood what was even being said. But Luther said, this word is so important, it needs to be in the people's hearts and minds. They need to understand it. They need to hear it. Thus, he translated it into the German language where it had access to people. Every family had it within their homes to read and to hear and to understand God's word. And they came to know the truth, the truth through the power of God's word to make them free. Luther wanted people to know of God's great love for them through the life of Jesus Christ. And as biblical scholar Chris Charles Fry wrote, Luther came to see the holiness and the justice of God that came only through Christ. Only through Christ. And yet for Luther to have only Christ meant that Luther had everything and I don't know if you've thought about that recently, but you also have Christ. You, and that's all you have. You have Jesus Christ, and that's enough. Because when you have Jesus Christ, you have everything. You have peace with God. You have the assurance of eternal life because of what Jesus did for us with his victory over death in the grave. Your life, eternal life, is assured and that right relationship with God has been made possible because of what Christ did for you. And that's faith. We take all that in by faith. In the life of the Reformation movement, we have come to trust in five fundamental soul truths. Luther did not invent these five fundamental soul truths, but they, he would have wholeheartedly agreed to them. And it's that Latin word sola, sola, sola gratia, sola Christus. And these five soul statements are this, that people are saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, according to word alone, for the glory of God alone. Jesus said, continue in my word and you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. The truth of the gospel is this, that God in Christ Jesus loves you, loves me. And that love is something that we come to trust every day of our life. And in trusting that promise of God's love in Christ, we are made Free, free to live into his grace. This is the beginning of faith each and every day of our lives, to live freely into his grace. Again, I want to quote Reverend Kent Knudsen, who said this. He said, it is you that he loves. 
And if you are to know his love, if you are to celebrate and to enjoy his love, you must trust it. Now this is something I think we need to hear. This is one of the more profound things that he said. Faith does not create grace. All right? Faith does not create grace. Grace was there before your faith even came into existence. And then he goes on, he says, God does not love you because you believe it. God loved you even before you were even thought of. God has always loved you. And your belief has nothing to do with God's love. God already loves you. But he does say this, he says, but he wants you to become aware of his love. And he says, that's faith. He wants you to trust in his love. That's faith. And he wants you to respond to his love. That's faith. And he wants you to be grateful for his love. That's faith. They go together. Grace alone and faith alone. You've heard me say it before. I've quoted him before. Be aware of his love, trust in his love, respond to his love, and be grateful for his love. Jesus says, continue in my word and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. The word is empowered by God's own power, and it draws and it pulls us in, and it wants you to become so immersed that God's gift of grace reaches out and it grasps you, it hugs you, and it's a hug that you can never, it's an embrace that you can never get away from. Live into that embrace. Live into that grasp of God's gift of grace each day. Let it literally envelop you. Become aware of his love. Trust his love. Respond to his love and be grateful to his love. That is faith. And I thought it most appropriate that we remind ourselves of the words from this hymn, Amazing Grace. Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now am found. I was blind, but now I see. It was grace that taught my heart to fear, and it was grace that my fears were relieved. How precious, how precious did that grace appear the hour I first believed. May the peace of Christ that passes all understanding keep our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. I invite you to pray with me now the prayer our Lord has taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And now go forth from this place refreshed and empowered to do the ministry to which God calls you. Go in the freedom of the gospel and travel lightly for you carry within you all that you need because you have Christ and that's all you need. You have Jesus. You have everything. And notice God's presence in simple, everyday experiences. And whenever opportunity arises, labor for the good of all. And may the blessing and the joy of God, our creator, healer, and life giver, go with you today and always. Amen.